When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Meet Gary. Gary's about to become an Einstein in an instant. Whoa, Einstein hair. I like it. That's right, Gary, because you're using Salesforce powered by Einstein AI to connect data, predict business trends, generate personalized content, and wow customers. I do feel a lot smarter. Because you're not just Gary anymore. You're Gary, empowered by Einstein AI. Did you hear that, team? I'm an Einstein. Oh, can I get a selfie? The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. Do not be bullied by bullies. If they're making threats, you cannot back down. The administration does not have all the power it needs to go after these ill-gotten gains. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. You know, we've endorsed Dr. Oz. We've endorsed J.P., right? J.D. Mandel. He's got to talk about, I feel your pain, and we're here to address it, and this is how. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. A new call from Washington to authorize the use of force in Ukraine. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics. As talk of drawing red lines grows louder, we'll be joined by Congressman Michael McCall, Republican from Texas, ranking member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, and by Max Baucus, former Democratic senator and former ambassador to China. Tomorrow's primary day in Ohio. This is getting real. Donald Trump's latest endorsement on the line. Even though the former president is struggling to remember his name, we'll tell you what to watch with Bloomberg National Politics reporter Ryan Teague Beckwith. The panel today, Bloomberg Politics contributor, Democratic analyst Jeannie Shanzano, along with Republican media strategist Adam Goodman with us for the hour. The war in Ukraine approaching week 10 now. And more members of Congress are talking out loud about red lines and even the possible use of force. What would justify it? Congressman Adam Kinzinger, Republican from Illinois, who serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, talked about uh, this move that he is making to seek a use of force authorization on CBS's Face the Nation. Here he is. I just introduced an AUMF, an authorization for the use of military force, giving the president basically congressional leverage or permission to use it if WMDs, nuclear, biological, or chemical, are used in Ukraine. It doesn't compel the president to do it. It just says if it is used, he has that leverage. It gives him you know, a better flexibility, but also it is a deterrent to Vladimir Putin. Leverage. And it's not the first time we've heard it. I spoke earlier about the war including that particular factor with the top Republican on the Foreign Affairs Committee, that same panel. Congressman Michael McCall of Texas was with us from the Milken Institute Global Conference, and I asked him to start about both of these issues, the funding bill, as I say, and the use of force. Here he is. 
we're still uh, looking through it, but I, you know, the, uh, the broad picture here is more lethal aid for Ukraine and more humanitarian assistance as we're seeing more and more Ukrainians, you know, and civilians being killed by the Russians. So I think you're going to see broad-based bipartisan support. My only point is that time is of the essence, and we need to do this now and not wait uh, several weeks. Really pivotal, critical time is right now in the fight against the Russians. And so they need these weapons right now, not two to three weeks down the road. Well, with that said, there's talk about attaching potentially COVID funding, maybe even funding for the border, Congressman. Would that slow this process or maybe jeopardize its passage? You know, it could. And I don't really like uh, attaching non-related bills to something of this importance. This is a, a, of critical importance to the, uh, the fight uh, in Ukraine against Russia. I mean, to, to make it political uh, is the wrong thing to do. If the COVID restrictions or code aid package is put in there, I think you would have to put something related to the border, particularly Title 42, that that will not be suspended as the president has talked about doing. Congressman McCall, uh, we've seen uh, Congressman Adam Kinzinger introduce a use of uh, military force authorization bill uh, for the idea of drawing a red line, essentially, if Vladimir Putin were to use nuclear or chemical weapons, it would trigger or at least give the president the opportunity to use American troops on the ground. Is this a conversation that you're having on the Foreign Affairs Committee? Well, the Foreign Affairs Committee is the committee of jurisdiction that would uh, produce an authorization of use of military force. Uh, we are having this debate. If they throw chemical weapons or short-range tactical nukes into Ukraine, I think that completely changes the dynamic, you know, as to whether or not the world is gonna sit by idly and watch that happen without doing anything. I think it'd be very hard to do that. I think um, we would have to respond uh, in kind. And I think Mr. Putin needs, needs to know that, that there are red lines he just can't cross. Congressman Michael McCall earlier today you can add his name then to members discussing this possibility of using American troops. And I'm glad today that we can add Max Baucus's voice to this. The former Democratic senator, former ambassador to China is with us right now. Mr. Ambassador, thank you for coming back to talk to us on Bloomberg Radio. Should Congress approve a use of force authorization uh, as leverage, as they say, that, that draws the red line on weapons of mass destruction? Well, the president has authority already. Congress doesn't have to do it. But of course, presidents would like Congress to enact legislation that gives them you know, support and mm -hmm. national backing. Um, that's, a, that's a presidential call. Um, I, he knows the situation. Executive branch knows it better, frankly, than does Congress. Um, but that's a, a it's good. Well, it should be on the table. And that's up to the president. Are you worried about that creeping closer to reality the longer this goes on? People are not only outraged by the images that they are seeing. But the United States now seems to believe Ukraine can and needs to win this. Well, I don't know that we're going to ha have a clear win. I think it's it's going to be a, a, a resolution that where neither side thinks it's won totally. Certainly, Putin will not win totally. Yeah. Um, Putin is, is tough. He's strong. Um, he's a thug. He'll st st keep fighting as long as he can. And he's he's regrouping a bit in, the, in eastern Ukraine. So I don't think there'll be a total win. I think the United States knows that. The United States wants to just cripple Putin as much as possible, make it less likely that he emerges again. 
Well, to the extent of crippling uh, Russia here, should the House and Senate pass this Ukraine aid in a clean bill? I don't know if you heard Congressman McCall on that. Or, or should Democrats attach COVID funding or border funding, other things that are needed now, even if it means slowing things down a bit? Well, um, I, I think that COVID and Ukraine both are should be urgently passed. But um, politics is politics. And sometimes um, members of Congress have different points of view. That is, they want to uh, pursue their own agenda. In this case, yeah. it's, it's the border issue. Um, and that's leverage. And um, my guess is that in the end, there'll be some kind of accommodation um, so that the two are passed. That is COVID and Ukraine. But something is done about the border. Let me ask you about China, Ambassador. Have warnings by this administration made any difference in China's posture towards Russia, or or is it getting worse? I don't think uh, it's having much effect on China. Uh, China is China. Huh. China will do all that it wants to do for China. Um, China is straddling um, between helping Russia and looking like the, the world savior, at least a broker on the other hand. Um, and uh, frankly, uh, China finds that uh, Putin's... Uh, invasion of Ukraine is a big thorn in their side, especially since he's not winning. Um, and add to that, uh, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine is causing huge dis- economic dislocations around the world, yes. which also is affecting China. Right. And so it's um, China will pursue its own economic reach as much as it can, uh, but it's, it's U.S. Co- criticism of China is not going to have much effect on China. You know, uh, we heard today from uh, General Petraeus was speaking with uh, Bloomberg TV and radio on balance of power. And he was talking about the supply chain issues that are even impacting Ambassador, our ability to provide or refresh weapon systems for Ukraine and for ourselves. I think the White House said today it takes 200 semiconductors to make one Javelin missile uh, as the president prepares to visit that factory tomorrow. And uh Interestingly, a lot of this has to do with China because of the shutdowns that are impacting supply chainers. Petraeus said making things uh, a little bit worse or, or going back to where we were. Listen to what he said today on Bloomberg. The problem is, of course, everyone is competing for the same elements in supply chains. A lot of these having to do with microchips again uh, and other components uh, that have been uh, frustrated because of actions with zero COVID in China and a variety of other places around the world. So the the supply chain disruptions that we saw in the earlier days of the pandemic are actually back to some degree right now, and there will be limitations to that. Ambassador, the the impact, as you just said, of China's COVID policy, almost the same as saying economic policy, is impacting the global economy. How bad does this get? It's bad. Um, It's very bad, in fact. And ironically, it's, it's showing to some degree we need China. We need each other. Um, uh, 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 collateral damage here is that um, we're becoming more decoupled, and that means that it's more difficult to get products, get supplies, get mm. materials. That means there's more inflation, and it's, it's, it means that we're much less efficient. Now, we want to protect ourselves against China. We need to protect our national security, but we also, I think, have to start looking at China in a different way. We have to realize that China's not going anywhere. It's a big country. Its economy is not too many years down the road. It's going to be larger than ours. We have to deal with China in a way where we where, where we find some accommodation but protecting ourselves at the same time. 
Well, boy, there's a lot there uh, to consider here as as this bill in Washington to to better compete with China is uh, is being debated and, and moving very slowly here. And we sort of watch the conversation with China and Russia continue here with regard to the war. Though uh, the idea potentially of secondary sanctions is one that's come up also a lot on Capitol Hill. What would that mean for China's economy in in a potential spring back on ours? Well, first, China's going to do what it can to avoid secondary sanctions. It does not want them because that clearly will hurt their economy. Um, they're going to just walk. They're going to help Russia up to the line to where they where secondary sanctions are not imposed. Uh, but if they were, of course, China will probably retaliate. Um, it's difficult for China to sit there and just take it. Um, they will retaliate. And, that, and that's another example of how there's going to be more decoupling. And it it's, it's, it's means that we have to do a better job, I think, in finding a new way to accommodate China. Not accommodate, but to deal with China. The more the United States moves toward a bipolar foreign policy toward China, the more there's going to be a Cold War and the more that we're going to have deeper economic, geopolitical, and military problems. I think we have to start thinking about China in a new way. The president needs to meet with President Xi beyond a video call, I mean, face-to-face? It takes more than a meeting. It's really a policy. It's a mindset. Um, It takes a lot of time. It takes building up personal relationships. It takes much more communication between the U.S. and China in a whole different multitudinous number of ways. That's what it really takes. He knows because he's been there. Uh, Ambassador, thank you. Former ambassador to China, former Montana Senator Max Baucus with us on the fastest hour in politics as we get things rolling on a Monday. Thanks as well to Congressman Michael McCall, the Republican from Texas, speaking to us from the Milken Conference. We assemble the panel next. Jeannie is with us along with Adam Goodman. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. You're listening to... Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. 
Learn how at thehartford.com. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. They're writing the bill now to fund more weapons for Ukraine, to bring more humanitarian relief, as we heard from the Speaker of the House today in Poland. You see Nancy Pelosi over the weekend. She's just off her trip to Kiev, where she met in person with President Zelensky. Here she is today in Poland. We are already writing the bill for the $33 billion for weapons, for security, for humanitarian assistance, and for economic assistance. Her meeting, though she did not go so far as Congressman McCall, Congressman Kinzinger, or for that matter, Democratic Senator Chris Coons, all of whom have said we got to start the conversation here at least. Kinzinger is going so far as to write the use of force authorization request. And we assembled our panel to talk this out a little bit here. Bloomberg Politics contributor, Democratic analyst Jeannie Shanzano is with us, of course, along with Adam Goodman, National Republican Media Strategist columnist Edward R. Murrow, Senior Fellow at Tufts University's Fletcher School. Great to have both of you here, Jeannie. Is this chorus going to grow louder and maybe include more Democrats? Because uh, it, it does seem like the longer it goes on, the more of a tug there will be, despite what Max Baucus just said. Chris Coons has already suggested it. Are we going to have to get this on paper? You know, I actually agree with with Max Baucus that it, it doesn't need to be on paper. Congress doesn't need to do this. I believe the president has the authority to act if in the, that situation. But I also believe that Congress, if they feel strongly about this, and I do think more Democrats get on board, by the way, I do think it makes sense for them to move forward with this. I think more importantly, though, is the aid. And that's where I think they should focus their attention first is on getting the uh, all the money that is needed over humanitarian uh, support, uh, the economic support, the military aid, get that funded, then they can do this. Because again, I believe the presidents have this power to begin with anyways. Well, you know, it's interesting, Adam, because uh, Kinzinger specifically said as a deterrent, and that's been the idea here uh, with Republicans hope to front load sanctions before there was ever an invasion. Is is there such a thing as a deterrent with Vladimir Putin? Uh <laughs> I'm not sure that we should test that. I mean, let's first talk about why is, I mean, the Nancy Pelosi trip, by the way, was an, an incredible statement. I mean, that's, I didn't think I'd see that in my lifetime. She would make oh. that kind of trip, go over and talk directly to, um, to Zelensky and Kiev and talk to the people and talk to the leaders in Poland. That was a major mark. And you know why, Joe and Jeannie, you know why? Because unlike Afghanistan, where you know after the the we we took down Osama bin Laden, mm-hmm. the inc- the engagement continued. But beyond Kabul, we, the Americans couldn't name another American city. Ukraine is a made-for-TV social media war. It's a reality war, and we know the names of Kiev and Odessa and Donetsk and Mariupol, and mm-hmm. we're following it one day at a time. Which is why Nancy Pelosi uh, and other Democrats are now starting to come over that fence. And yeah. I think making making affirmative statements that we're going to be there when it counts. OK, well, you know, having Nancy Pelosi there uh, is one thing, Jeannie. What does it actually change when she comes home to Washington? Would she would she still attempt to attach covid funding, border funding and so forth if it means slowing down the bill? 
uh, it, she should not. And, you know, you heard your conversation with, with Representative McCall was so telling because, of course, he said if they attach COVID age, they're going to have to attach Title 42. And right yeah. there you get into a political firestorm. So, you know, I, I hope and hope that it is a clean bill with just the Ukrainian funding, but I'm not optimistic it's going to be. And it's not just Nancy Pelosi's decision, of course. She's mm-hmm. got a big caucus to contend with, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on her, you know, six months before a midterm election to get all of that in there. And and I do think it would slow things up. Adam, what's your thought on a use of force authorization? Is it a distraction to have that conversation right now or, or something that lawmakers need to start preparing for? Well, I think I think America has to have that conversation to see, you know, how far we're willing to go uh, to defend something that we thought had been settled, uh, you know, half a century ago. But the whole idea about uh, you know, it's going to feel different if he drops a nuke. That's just it's just well, going to well, be a different world. That's the point of it all. Right. And, and you know, you see the warplanes, the Russian warplanes that are skirting with EU air, airspace over the past few weeks. They're, they're testing our limits. And, you know, none of us want to really get into that. Mm-hmm. But to Jeannie's point, and she's absolutely right, if this the, the discussion in Washington will not be limited to Ukraine, uh, the Republicans and others are going to bring Title 42 and other things into play. Those are what are bedeviling the party in power right now, and those are coming to define the midterms. And that's a massive uh, political liability for President Biden at this point. Forget Congress for a minute here, Jeannie, not being able to deliver that funding. But let's say they get a deal, a clean or, or otherwise. You heard Adam describe, Jeannie, what it meant for Nancy Pelosi to show up there. And she wasn't alone. Adam Schiff was there. Uh, Congressman McGovern was there. Other members of the Democratic Party on this Codell. What would it mean if Joe Biden showed up to deliver that funding if they get this done on the Hill? You, you know, I, I have been waiting for this moment, and, and I do think we will see that, although we understand. Do you? That I, I do. I know that they Can't have said it, it may not be safe, but I still feel like they're going to go, although they did say there was some shelling just hours before yeah, Nancy man. Pelosi got on the ground there. So it is a dangerous and fraught situation, but I do think we do see him over there because there were 10 days where, where Kiev wasn't hit. So I think he goes over there, and he should go over there to deliver a funding bill that's clean with the support that's needed and the british security assessment of how much damage has been done to the russian uh military 35 percent is amazing i love this panel genie and adam stay right where you are this is bloomberg thanks for being with us on sound on as we turn to electoral politics you know it's primary day tomorrow it's gonna get busy this month if you look at the calendar some really important states are coming including georgia pennsylvania tomorrow it's ohio we're watching With the headline on the terminal, Trump's grip on GOP gets first test via J.D. Vance in Ohio primary. Did you say J.D. Vance? Here's Donald Trump at the rally on Saturday night. You know, we've endorsed Dr. Oz. We've endorsed J.P., right? J.D. Mandel. What? And he's doing great. They're all doing good. Well, they... Well, who's doing good? He endorsed J.D. Vance who's running against Josh Mandel and the president. Boy, I don't know. Maybe they had a long conversation about which one we should go with here. You think about one, the other name comes out. No, I'm talking Josh Mandel, who's actually, you know, he's gone out of his way to to show himself wrapped in all things Trump. Get a taste of this campaign ad. Boys are boys and girls are girls. 
Black Lives Matter, they're the racists, not us. The Bible is a book of love, not hate. If you agree with me, please join me in saving America. In saving America, almost like it was written by the Trump campaign. And if you look at his stuff, I mean, check it out on social media. Look at his fundraising emails. He's with Trump uh, at every turn. How about that, though? Let's grab every third rail in 15 seconds and call it an ad. So it's been a heck of a uh, little primary to watch here. And, you know, because of the Trump endorsement, as we've told you, J.D. Vance comes from behind and he's essentially tied in some recent polls within a point or two with Josh Mandel. And so there's going to have to be, I'm assuming, some pretty legitimate voter confusion going into this whole thing. But this is why we have Ryan Teak Beckwith, who joins us now, Bloomberg National Politics reporter. Ryan, are people going to go into the polls voting for Josh Mandel because they thought Trump endorsed him? You know, uh, here's the thing. This is a seven-candidate race, and in Ohio, primaries are determined by plurality. So I think that the person who wins is the person who manages to find just that slightly bigger group of people who uh, like them than who don't like them. Uh, This is kind of how Trump actually won in the beginning of the Republican primary back in 2016, that he he had a core group of committed people who liked him. Now, here's the thing. I don't think any of these seven people really have a core group of people who like them. Um, All of them are wearing Trump suits. Um, But, you know, they don't – it's not authentic, uh, and I think it shows. J.D. Vance is the most kind of – over the top, here's a guy who used to, you know, he's written for The Atlantic and, and uh, written movies for Hollywood. And, and um, you know, now he's kind of done this 180 on Trump. And a lot of the other candidates' ads, they used to feature J.D. Vance in the past, saying yeah. Trump's a bad guy. And now he's all in on Trump. And uh, Josh Mandel is similar to It just, it sounds like somebody basically just, uh, you know, reading someone else's campaign ad out loud. Um, and uh, I think there may be an opening here. The polls are, you know, so uh, shaky in these final days here. But uh, there may be an opening for Matt Dolan, who's kind of just stayed under the radar. And it could be that this is one of those primaries where the top two guys just blister each other with negative ads yes. so much right. that the, the person who is sort of acceptable uh, somehow seeks out a win. He's uh, He's not... Nobody. Uh, he's a state senator, and he is, uh, his family owns the Cleveland Guardian. Uh, for some reason, Trump has bashed him, uh, but he's still very Trumpy. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that no matter who wins this primary, uh, Trump really won. Uh, whether Trump, whether the person he explicitly endorsed won or not, yeah. the person who went around quoting him won or not, Dolan right. is the guy who basically says, you know, I'll do all the things Trump says, and I like Trump, and I'll. And, you know, I voted for him twice, and I vote for him again. Okay. Um, but hey, Ryan, not, we're having a little no. bit of trouble with your line here. It's uh, just oh, the, the it's just the telecom gods, I presume. Uh, but just before you leave us here, is it is it likely then where you're going with this is that either you have a come from behind uh, surprise, or this goes to a runoff? Uh, there's no runoff. So whoever gets the plurality tomorrow. Uh, that's the winner. Wow. So that's that's where it's going to be really crazy because this could be a person that 70% of, of the pe- voters voted against. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's going to be, this should be a, a gimme for Republicans, but Democrats have a fairly strong candidate in Tim Ryan. 
And, you know, this primary has been really, really bruising, and that they're going to come out of it with someone who may get, you know, 31, 32% of the vote. So do you not feel like the, the Trump kingmaker status is on the line here? He's certainly trying to back off on those expectations. You know, I look at his endorsements, and a lot of his endorsements are people who are, like, unopposed. You know, like, people are basically going to win already. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of padding the numbers a little bit there. Uh, he doesn't have a great record of, of picking the winning horse. Um, dating back to his presidency, uh, he, he had some troubles with, you know, trying to decide who to back early in a race. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one reason why he held off so long in this one. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that everyone will read the tea leaves and try to say that his Trump power waning or waxing based on whether or not the candidate wins. But like I said, they're all basically singing from the Trump hymnal. So even if it's Matt Dolan who he's bashed, you know, he, it's still going to be a guy who uh, says Trumpy thing. Yeah. Ryan, thanks for the time. Ryan Teague Beck with Bloomberg National Politics Reporter. Appreciate the insights. That's like the first time ever I mentioned on the air that the line was bad and it got better for a minute. Was that Verizon listening? As I read in Mark Niquette's uh, piece on the terminal, Trump has also made endorsements in high stakes Republican Senate primary races in Pennsylvania. That's the 17th of May and Georgia is the 24th. The next several weeks are going to be heavy duty as we make our way into the real bulk of primary season and that's where we'll pick up next as we reassemble the panel Jeannie is with us Jeannie Shanzano today Adam Goodman is here as well on the fastest hour in politics Charlie will update the markets we'll get you home with a look at traffic and well you know that's why you're here on Bloomberg Sound On I'm Joe Matthew in Washington this is Bloomberg Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. 
You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. As we reassemble the panel with Jeannie Shansano, Bloomberg Politics contributor, Democratic analyst, joined today by Adam Goodman, Republican media strategist, columnist, and Edward R. Murrow, senior fellow at Tufts University's Fletcher School. Following our conversation there with Ryan Teague Beckwith about the primary tomorrow in Ohio, a Fox News poll last week, this is likely the most recent uh, data we have, showed uh, J.D. Vance had vaulted to the lead from third place following Donald Trump's endorsement, uh, followed by the aforementioned Josh Mandel, former Ohio treasurer, and investment banker uh, Mike Gibbons, state senator Matt Dolan, former Ohio Republican Party chairwoman Jane Timken, trailed the leaders there. Uh, But a quarter of voters remained undecided. And so this is kind of interesting. Uh, Jeannie, your take on this as we go into really one of the most important primaries that we've had so far here that we're going to get into a much more compressed schedule beginning with what happens tomorrow and and the confusion that's out there between a number of candidates who are all trying to to more quickly wrap themselves in trump than the next guy yeah and and i'm so excited joe as you know 13 states with primaries it's election season my favorite time of the year um and and so you know i think one of the surprises in the latest polling by trafalgar group and then we've got some by emerson um is that dolan is creeping up but to your point vance is still about 26 you know a quarter of of the republicans that have been um that have been uh responding to these polls so it looks like the endorsement did help vance a good amount um because he wasn't in the lead prior to that endorsement but as you mentioned about a quarter of respondents saying they're undecided and Mm -hmm. as you were just talking with ryan because this is a plurality really this could be anybody's game but you could have 70 percent of republicans who vote not satisfied with who the candidate is so it's going to be fascinating you know my take is that either way trump wins because as you pointed out all of them have been running to the to trump yeah. except for dolan well how about that uh, as it turns out here adam you know we, we've seen uh, josh mandel wrap himself in trump and try to make this a contest about you know the 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 trump purity test if if i could put all <laughs> if i could put those three <laughs> words together with a straight face but you know what i'm where i'm going with this they're trying to paint jd vance as kind of a fake trumper because he didn't always say the nicest things about him And in fact, will that be how this race is decided? Well, first of all, when Josh Mandel's slogan is pro-God, pro-gun, and pro-Trump, I think you pretty much know where he's coming from. And some might suggest, it's not, I don't believe this, but even the, the, the supposed flub by Trump of the names of Vance and Mandel, that some might say that was, that was brilliant because he wins either way. J.D. Vance, who's backed by Peter Thiel, you know, PayPal and Facebook, mm-hmm. big buddy of, of the former president, that's mm-hmm. a big trumper. Josh Mandel, a big trumper. So the, that's an, the irony is that he kind of put them together. It's like, it's like in, the horse, in, the horse biz, in the horse race business, it's like you have an entry, 1A and 1B, right? 1 or 1A. Right. But Matt Dolan would be the spoiler. Matt Dolan, who comes from one of the richest families in Ohio, he, he was very involved in running the Cleveland baseball team, uh, uh, who said Biden legitimately won. That would be a problem. But even with that said, if Donald Trump does not win in some of these endorsed situations and everyone's going to try to read into this, oh my God, he's he's falling. Uh, his report card 
which is critical, as many think, to a potential 24 run. The reality is he could lose a few and blame it on the candidates or their campaigns or both and say it wasn't me yeah. and he'll get fine with the nominees. So sure. I think this is, I think he's going to come out of this looking very good. Dr. Oz, you suggested in Pennsylvania, running against David McCormick and others, another major test. Absolutely. But like Jeannie, I cannot wait for the for the fun and games to begin, and we won't have to wait long since Ohio is tomorrow. It's like Netflix just dropped a new series. You know, you got one each week for the next three weeks to get really excited about here. <laughs> Guys, by the way, while we're talking, the White House announcing Joe Biden traveling to Ohio Friday, May 6th. It's going to be in Cincinnati. Uh, interesting timing. They're coming off of the contest. You know, the anatomy of political ads is always fascinating. We talked about uh, the, the idea here of, of, of trying to make J.D. Vance look like less of a Trump supporter. And boy, the Club for Growth went for it, coming out hard against Vance. Uh, to be clear, the Club for Growth super PAC, it's Club for Growth Action, which endorsed Mandel in the primary uh, out with a new ad using some creative editing. And, and we kind of broke this up for you to get a sense of what we're talking about here. It uses tape from J.D. Vance being interviewed previously about Trump and Trump supporters. First, listen to the bit in the ad, and then we'll play you with the actual source tape. Here's the ad from Club for Growth Action. People who voted for Trump voted for him for racist reasons. Where does he get off saying that? We've got our own eyes and our own ears. J.D. Vance is a fraud. Okay, so people who voted for Trump did so for racist reasons. They've been they've been blasting out that clip. Here's the full statement from that interview where they got this from. Listen again to J.D. Vance. Some people who voted for Trump were racist and they voted for him for racist reasons. I always resist the idea that the real thing driving most Trump voters was racial anxiety or, or, or racial animus, partially because I, I didn't see it. Right. Okay. I mean, the thing that really motivated people to vote for Trump first in the primary and then in the general election was three words, jobs, jobs, jobs. So he's asked if, you know, the racist thing was an issue and he's actually explaining that it was not in his view. And now it's because of a very, you know, uh, careful edit there. It's, it's he's saying exactly the opposite in this ad. And this is what politicians, of course, love about uh editing and media and all the rest of it. And uh, is this fair game, uh, Jeannie? I mean, does this actually have an impact on what we're talking about here? Uh, it, Josh Mandel doesn't need a lot to win. You know, they're, they're neck and neck. That's right. And, and the Club for Growth has been hitting Trump very hard in Ohio. And, you know, they also had talking that ad about the fact that he endorsed Mitt Romney in 2018. And, That's you right. know, they say, look how that turned out. Yes, so, right, right. you know, of course, Club for Growth, really important in Republican conservative circles. And, you know, Trump's famously sent a profane message to the president with all of these attacks, but they have kept it up. You know, I, I think, it, you know, the reality is when you look at the numbers, these ads do mem do matter. Negative ads work positive ads don't work i love the editing and the music they put behind it it's classic um and you know so it will likely have some impact the question is going to be how much and you know the fascinating thing here is that you as you mentioned they are within a margin of error depending on which poll you look at and again we don't get a lot of polling in these state races so it is very possible any one of these three from vance mandel or dolan can come up with the plurality in this case
case. Yeah. And and that could really be a big, you know, big upset if it's Dolan. And, you know, I have to laugh because I can't believe Adam just suggested that Trump would take, <laughs> you know, would, would take credit regardless what happens. That doesn't sound like our former president right. today. That, that would never <laughs> Stunning. happen. So connect the dots here a little bit, though, uh, Adam. You, you heard mm-hmm. us play Donald Trump from earlier, earlier this hour from the rally. I don't know if we can play that again. Uh, from the rally on Saturday night where he screws up J.D. Vance's name and actually calls him, you know, J.P. Mandel or something like that. Uh, in, you know, add that to this advertisement, knocking right. J.D. Vance's, uh, you know, prior statements about Donald Trump. Are they on to something? Does it work? I'm still smiling by what because of what Jeannie just said. Uh, uh, let me let me put it this way. Never let and I'm an ad maker. Really, that's what I did in the business for a long time. And my, my response would be never let the facts get in the way of great ad copy. I mean, there's, that's what you saw in this ad, that when you played out the, the real quote versus what was used. But the, the bottom line is, uh, I, you know, I hail from Florida, uh, or at least over the last 25 years. I was there in the beginning of the uh, race for governor between Ron DeSantis uh, and a very popular Adam Putnam. Putnam was up 20, 25 points midway through the primary. The the, the president uh, decides he's going to weigh in. He endorses Ron DeSantis. Yep. I'm, I'm being I'm interviewed on some panel and they said, what do you think that means? I said, it's over. They said, what do you mean? I said, it's over. And Ron DeSantis went from 25 down to winning by like 20 wow. over a very popular mainstream conservative Republican. So mm-hmm. uh, with all that we've just talked about, do not under underestimate the, the power still of the so Trump don't, blessing. Don't bet against and Trump blessing. Maybe in Ohio, it may yep. end up being shared. Don't bet against Donald Trump in this primary. But it, it, we played it at the very beginning. Let's bring it back again. Here's Trump at the rally Saturday night. You got that, Justin? You know, we've endorsed Dr. Oz. We've endorsed JP, right? JD Mandel, and he's doing great. They're all doing good. JP is uh, is actually well. Mandel's doing good. They're both doing good. Genie, is this just for people like us to hash around, or 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 is it remembered? Will that become its own ad after primary day if Mandel wins? You know, you know, Democrats are loving the fact that Donald Trump is out. You know, the one thing we hear from Democrats is they're they're hoping Elon Musk gets this Twitter deal done. And by October, Trump is right back on there. The more he talks, the better for Democrats. So I bet we keep hearing more of this. <laughs> Great talk with Jeannie and Adam. Adam Goodman with us and Jeannie Shanzano, our panel for the Monday edition of Sound Out. We'll meet you back here tomorrow on primary day and a lot more to talk about. Get up early. I'll meet you on Bloomberg Surveillance tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock. Until then, I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg.